0: Hello, everybody. Welcome again to another edition of the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza, brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Make sure you guys go to Bucky's Fifth Quarter for all your Wisconsin Badgers news, notes, analysis. This is, like I said, Jay Kokorowski. Uh, Jam packed show. We got Scott Wisniewski coming up. Polish rifle in just a couple minutes. I'm just running a couple minutes behind. Uh, We've a lot to get to. We will preview the number seven Nebraska Cornhuskers, led by. Quarterback Tommy Armstrong head to Camp Randall Stadium under the lights in Madison, 6 p.m. ESPN. Big time, Bucky sixth quarter will be there. They take on the number 11 Wisconsin Badgers, and can the Badgers get on a two-game winning streak? Continue their push, and hopefully with some help later on in the season from uh, with Nebraska losing, hopefully uh, get to that Big Ten West Division. Cha- you know, title and then heading on to uh, the championship game. So uh, on top of that, it's been a uh, really good, I uh, hope everyone's had a good week. Uh, we're also going to talk some Packers and Atlanta Falcons. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, of course, there's been some late breaking news today about a former Badger. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, just wanted to thank you guys uh, first and foremost. Uh, just wanted to thank you guys for coming out. Uh, for those that did uh to the book signing that we had on uh it was uh last night it was uh, uh which is wednesday night uh at university bookstore for walk on this way, which is my book on the tradition of the wisconsin uh walk on you know program uh and just uh, the ongoing legacy of it uh big thank you guys for uh making that possible It was a lot of fun uh and you know uh, a lot of great faces there. Hopefully you guys come out. Another opportunity to come out is Saturday. If you're in town, 11 to 1 University Bookstore, State Street this time, not Hilldale, but State Street. Uh, We hope to have Donnell Thompson, inside linebacker, middle linebacker for the Badgers, uh, two-time captain for the 1998-1999 season. He will be there, uh, hopefully. And uh, we're going to talk about that uh, and talk about his story, his journey, hoping for a couple other badgers. uh, Stay tuned in the next 48 hours for that. But thank you guys again. Uh, We've just been very humbled to tell the story of many walk ons, over 100 interviews altogether. Uh, I think we capped it, I think we had 98 people we spoke with altogether, which is crazy. So, uh, and then, but just all the follow up interviews and whatnot, we were thorough. We worked really hard on this. Uh, and big and just I'm sure you guys are sick of my voice, by the way, because we went through uh, the media car wash, which is really just big thanks to Ebo and Joe Miller from uh, the zone on Monday. Uh, big thanks to Mark Tosher, Jason Wilde, uh, and Tony Cartagena and Greg Scalzo at ESPN Wisconsin. Big thanks to Mike Heller, Drew Olson, John Arias, uh, Adias, I should say, John Adias, Phil Dawson and uh, Mike Lucas from iHeartMedia, Madison for that. That was a really great time. Big thanks to everyone who came out. Uh, and thank you so much uh, for, for all the support. Where you guys, you can get the book, kcisports.com. Click on the link at the bottom of the page. You guys go there. Uh, it's also available at bookstores, University Bookstore, uh, at both Hilltail, State Street locations, Bucky's Locker Room, uh, and, of course, like I said, online, kcisports.com. And also available on Amazon.com if you feel like doing that too. Obviously, if you're a Prime member. So, talking real quick, uh, news today broke: uh, one of the players that we spoke that we spoke with a couple of times for the book, Jared Aberderis, Uh You know, he uh, there's a you know the Packers and the Badgers uh, parting ways. Uh, Dude with an injury settlement, uh, and uh, he was put on IR of the short term uh, recently. Uh, it was negotiated uh, as an injury settlement with the team, uh, and uh, talking with uh, Greg Matsick earlier today—this literally maybe—and not even an hour ago, uh, he had battled a uh, quadriceps problem, uh, and you know which kept him out of the uh, you know the, some recent games, and uh, it basically, uh, yeah, it's 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 a rough go at it for Jared Abbrederis, who I mean obviously has fought injuries he's fought you know try and come back i mean you've seen what happened torn acl uh, first week of training camp in 2014 last season a concussion keeps him out the entire preseason up until like the last week gets cut put on the practice squad comes back contributes in a high fashion especially in the playoffs when all the injuries uh, surface for the uh, for the packers uh, and, and uh, we wish jared well uh, i know he'll battle back he you know, when you're talking if if they hey, put it up on their pod, on a, a podcast station uh which hopefully they will you guys should check it out the interview that he, uh WTMJ that Greg Matsick did uh I got a chance to listen to part of it uh on WTMJ uh, AM 620 out of Milwaukee uh basically some highlights from it <clears throat> he, he admitted it's probably going to take about probably a month to get back to full speed uh <clears throat> you know he's um think he'd be able to play but wouldn't be at full speed which is huge and obviously <clears throat> if you're thinking about where the packers are and what they you know in terms of a lot of you hear a lot of time not not getting separation well i mean if he's not at full speed because of the the you know the, the quad injury that's really rough uh to, to try to you know he's a great route runner but you need to have that speed there um and you know and, and the one interesting part Uh, We got the Polish rifle, Scott Wisniewski on there. And you can read some of the tweets at uh, 620 WTMJ uh, on their Twitter handle. But, uh, you know, the one interesting part for Aberdeus when he, when Greg was asked by Greg Matzik about playing time, uh, he said he really didn't know why. And and he said, that's a tough part. And, uh, you know, and a lot of people, especially you you heard about Mike McCarthy praising him uh, in the off season for his work ethic. You, You heard about Aaron Rodgers talking about him earlier this year. Uh, in last year about how he needs to get more into the offense, Um, you know, but overall, every mentioned, he just, you know, uh, it was everything for him uh, to be drafted to his hometown Packers. He's appreciative of the fan support. He's going to find a home guys. Uh, Once he gets healthy, uh, I can guarantee you, he's going to find a home that the, just he can, he's shown he can produce. Uh, If he can stay healthy, uh, you know, he he could go far and it's uh, you just, (laughs) you, you wish Jared the best of luck and haven't interviewed him for the book. Uh, it's a, uh, you know, like, you know, he's, he's a very humble guy and and he's, you know, uh, it's a rough day, but I I can tell you guys that, you know, just talking to him like, you know, he, he thinks, you know, he, you know, he knows God has a plan. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's going to carry it out from there and continue rehabbing until he's, till he's right. And I'm sure he's going to get picked up by an NFL roster. And we're here with Scott Wisniewski, the Polish rifle. How you doing brother? And, uh, your thoughts on Jared Aberderis. Uh, now a former Green Bay Packer.
1: It's not going to be a popular thought, but I'm just going to lay it out there anyway. It's a a lot of much to do about nothing. I like Jared Aberderis. I think he's a great guy. I think he was a great college receiver. I don't know that he's going to be a a great NFL player or even a good NFL player. You know, you watch this game, you watch the NFL game over the years as we all have. There are guys who get injured and, you know it's a one-off thing and they're, they're relatively healthy and then there are guys who it just becomes the thing that defines them and that and and you know I heard you talking about and I've heard this all day today so you'll have to just apologize that this angst isn't directed at you but it's like the 10th time I've heard somebody say Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers praised him in the off season. I believe he works very hard at the same time did you expect Mike McCarthy to say when asked about Jared Abadaris, yeah, he stinks. Or, yeah, I don't know why he's in camp. Uh, To be quite honest with you, what's made Jared Abadaris the player he was was his hard work and his ability to go the extra mile and overcome what people thought were perceived uh, notions that that were going to hold him back, be it his size, be it his speed, be it all the other things. He was always a hard worker. I would have expected him to be praised. But at the same time, I have to ask this. And and as much as we criticize Mike McCarthy, and there's plenty of reasons to do so the last couple of years, especially in his play calling and some of the other things that he kind of machinated into. But if somebody can help you be a better team, especially in offense that essentially for the last 16 regular season games, 18 games overall, whatever you want to call it, has sputtered, has been a shell of itself, has lacked explosiveness. I think everybody would agree with that. I don't think any of that is hyperbole. That being said, if Jared Aberderis could have helped improve what has become a stagnant, ordinary offense, you don't think they would have found a way to get him on the field. Uh, you don't think they would have found a right. way to make him more of a focal point of the offense. I I just, I think that there's been a lot of hate directed towards Ted Thompson for this move and Mike McCarthy for not using him, but I still have to say, you know, and and I'm not privy to it either, but fans don't see what goes on in practice and don't see, you know, there's a lot of people who, the the same people who were mad about this uh, move today were saying, well, he should have been kept on the team if he were healthy over Devontae Adams. As much as people hate Devontae Adams, sometimes unfounded is as much as this state loves Jared Aberderick. And the truth is really somewhere in the middle. Devontae Adams isn't as bad as everybody thinks. And Jared Aberderis isn't as great as everybody thinks. And it sucks that he couldn't stay healthy. I really wanted him to prove what, uh, without a shadow of a doubt if he was cut out for this league. And he might get that shot if he can stay healthy, if he can latch on somewhere. I, it's unfortunate he didn't get the chance. But I don't think he was artificially held back by the by the coaching staff or the team, especially with as bad as this offense has been, uh, or at least, like as I mentioned before, ordinary the last calendar year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying that. I mean, you know, and sometimes, I mean, there's, I, I'm not a head coach and I'm not an offensive coordinator, so I'm not going to doubt uh, certain things, you know, with with whatever the process is with with the offense. I mean, I think the quad. Obviously, he had a, a quad, you know, a quad injury. So it's going to, that's going to hamper his speed. And, and, you know, I mentioned yeah. it though, you know, if you, if you have a, if you don't have your speed, the, the Packers receivers are having enough trouble trying to get separation on cornerbacks right now. So, I mean, if he's not a hundred percent, there's, you know, that's why if he's held back with that, well, yeah, that's why he's not going to get snaps. uh You know? So, I mean, it, like you said, I, I agree in the notion where, you know, it, I mean, there is a lot of love for Jared Aberderis and uh, I have a lot of respect for him. I know you do too. Uh, but it's also like, I mean, uh, I'm a realist in the fact of something happened. There's some personnel groupings, uh, but you know, it, being a football player too, you wonder what happened with that, like what personnel's are are not working with there, and and maybe you know from you when you talk to other guys, you know, when you talk to other analysts or whatnot, you know, maybe Jared you know was in a different position, and and there's someone. I mean, obviously there are people in front of him too that the Packers thought, uh, you know, maybe was a better fit there. Uh, but you know, I, I think. You know, I think he'll find another team. I think he definitely could – he has the potential to be productive without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, I know that for a fact. But it's, I, it's just a matter I, of, like, I agree. when he and gets I think healthy the, and goes from there. Well, yeah, we'll see.
1: I don't even know how hurt he is. The last five days have been weird. He gets put on IR even though there was no talk of him being injured after the Bears game. You know, I, so completely surprised by the IR designation, okay, then he's put on IR like like half a dozen other Packers, but unlike some of the other Packers, uh, and obviously in Lacey and Shields, they'd like to bring one of those guys back, okay, if they're able, you know, at the end of the year. So that being said, I understand that there's other guys on the IR that weren't released. So okay, so here's is er- surprised by it, but okay, he's on the IR. Then a couple days later, he's released. That, that seemed weird. It almost makes me think that. He wasn't injured enough to be on the IR. Maybe they put him on there, then reassess, and then just figured, you know what, IR or not, you know he could probably play in the league this year. He doesn't seem to fit in on this team for whatever reason. Maybe they did him a favor by giving him an injury settlement because if he's healthy in a couple weeks, he could sign somewhere else this year. Because, again, I don't know the extent of the hamstring injury. At least it hasn't been reported to me. It just, seemed, it just seemed like a weird week and a weird move that they wouldn't at least carry him through the end of the year. Um, which, again, just kind of says that for whatever reason, he didn't fit into their future plans or what this offense wanted to do. Now, what this does do, what what does make me angry, is that the Packers kept seven receivers coming out of camp. And whether it's it's Abadaris or whether it was um, Davis or whether it was um, Janice, I expected one of those guys to get cut. They keep all seven, and by doing so, pretty much left them short, so short at running back that now their number one guy in the depth chart until Starks comes back is a wide receiver in Ty Montgomery. So that was an interesting move. If you didn't see a place for him – you left yourself short at another spot that has now come back and bit you in the rear end. So that part, in the bigger picture, is something Packer fans should be more upset about. Is if you didn't see a future, you could have cut him in camp and let him go somewhere else and figured out how to keep depth at a, at another important spot at running back.
0: Yeah, and so I mean, uh, going forward, you know what what they do now and and uh, how I mean. You know now they they go up and you know after a, a win last week against the Bears, uh, utilizing Ty Montgomery, utilizing the just what they uh, you know try using him as a running back. You saw some Randall Cobb back there. You didn't see Niles Davis that much, uh, the newly acquired running back from Kansas City. Only played I think one rush and was a negative one yard something like that. Mm-hmm. They uh, they now head to Atlanta, taking on the Falcons. That coming off a loss to Melvin Gordon and the San Diego Chargers. Gordon had having three touchdowns that game uh, in his resurgent sophomore campaign. And now, you know, uh, probably a PO Atlanta team uh, with uh, your cornerbacks, not necessarily up to full strength. Uh, how are the Packers going to take care of the Falcons? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I mean, is this go back to rely on the, the offense Try, is going to be a shootout. You know, I guess
1: I, I I'm I'm hard pressed honestly to uh, in any game coming up in the next few weeks pick the Packers to be a favorite, and, and here's why. Okay, Starks out. We already know about that, but you talked about it. No practice from Randall or Rollins. Um, Clay Matthews was limited. He'll play, but he's nursing some things. But the other thing is, so well, you got your cornerbacks, and Shields obviously being out. That's huge. That's huge. That's huge. That's huge. That's huge. That's huge. Running game, really non-existent. I know they're doing a few things with Montgomery out of the backfield, but predictable if they don't give him the ball to actually rush it. So that's, so they're, they're hurting there, and they still, we, we haven't talked about it because he's been gone a few weeks. It seems like he's been gone longer, is Jared Cook. So offensively, your weapons are drained still. I mean, you don't have a running back. You don't have a true threat at tight end. Um, you haven't had a whole lot of imagination in the sets, even with Montgomery in the backfield. It's been a predictable offense and you're right. The way Matt Ryan's throwing the ball all over the place with the cornerback depth being what it is. I, I mean, it's not, I mean, if they're healthy, I'm picking the Packers to win this game, but they're not healthy. And honestly, for the next couple weeks until they're able to get some of these bodies back and hopefully not lose any others. Can you, especially with these road games coming up, can you really honestly with, with good faith and good conscience pick the Packers to win one of these games?
0: Yeah, it's right now just the way that offense is still not clicking. Yeah, they got up track a little bit, but you don't have Lacey, you don't have Stark. Um it's a it's it's a rough go. I just I don't you know, and they push back that Atlanta Green Bay game. It's now a three twenty five game for those that don't know it's going to be a daunting challenge. and I just, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, how this team's going to, I mean, obviously it's the NFL and teams are talented enough and let's just say that like, you know, you saw, you know, firsthand that, you know, what the Packers can do and, and what they haven't done. And uh, you know, it's uh, how do I say it? It's a, uh, I mean, yeah, the way it is right now, I, I don't know how, I mean, Atlanta, good shot. Uh, Colts, it, Colts and Titans should be intriguing. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a rough stretch and you don't have the health there. And I mean, you're depleted on that end. It's going to be a tough stretch for the Packers. I mean, they're definitely not, uh, I mean, they're playoff contenders, but I mean, it's not as strong as people thought. Remember back in the back in the early in the season, Scotty, where they talked, you know, everyone's talking about, I mean, I had high hopes, you know, the fact that Rodgers was looking godlike in training camp, and, and, you know, you heard that, and the defense, uh, you know, returned a good bunch of their their starters and and whatnot. I just – a lot changes with injuries, a lot changes uh, when things just still aren't clicking. Think about this,
1: Jake. If they have Cook, if they have one of those guys, one of the running backs healthy – and even one of those cornerbacks, if not two, you know. But let's say Shields was still out, and you had one of those guys, Randall or Rollins, I think they beat Atlanta. I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, well, it can't be three players. And you know, they won the Super Bowl with with the most injured team in football that year. That's true. That's true. But I think that Super Bowl team was a little bit more deep. This team had Super Bowl talent. I and I still think when healthy does but they don't have the depth that, that that last Super Bowl team had. They don't have the the wherewithal to – and, again, people will say it's Ted Thompson and he doesn't get free agents and he drafts poorly. No, he's done fine. The roster's fine, but there's only so many hits at a time most NFL rosters are able to absorb. Um, you know, the Packers were from top to bottom roster-wise maybe a, a bottom top ten team, eight, nine, ten. But now they've lost some of that depth, so it's hurt them. It's put them out of – they're not a Super Bowl team constructed this way, but, again, they get guys back. I think they're back to being a contender um, if they figure out some of these other things. But injuries, you know, they happen, and some teams get hit a little bit harder by it. And I think they lose this game. Yeah, I think they could still beat the Colts. I was talking about the road games. You know, they got the Eagles on mm -hmm. the road. Uh, They got – yeah, those road games are with this team without the health. It's going to be tough to pick them on the road until they're at 100%. I mean, it's really going to be a tough sell for me to think they can go into a rough environment. And, and you know, and, and think about the margin, the razor-thin margin they're at. They can't sustain another one or two injuries from somebody on their, you know, one of their starters. They're, they, they have to survive. And, you know, this is the thing that's frustrating. So they had the extra time because of the uh, um, uh, Thursday game. And they still didn't get really anybody back, anybody healthy. And that's really the difference too. Cause some other teams in that situation would have gotten at least one or two guys back with the extra couple of days, not the Packers, you know? So, uh, you know, and I know it's a story in the NFL. It's, it's really, you know, we, we live in a bubble a little bit and we think the Packers are the most injured team over the last five years. They're actually not uh, over the last five years. They're in the middle of the pack, believe it or not, but, obviously we feel it more cuz we live here in in a packer bubble but again some teams you know it's about who gets injured too you could lose uh one of your offensive linemen you could lose maybe a defensive lineman and, and overcome it maybe an inside linebacker if you have you know good replacement level players but when you lose guys like you know cornerbacks, especially in a league that's become a a pass happy league, when you lose running backs, when you when you're already somewhat of a predictable offense, those become tough. You know when you lose a a, a safety valve tight end in Jared Cook um, on a team where they've they've had a hard time finding separation. Let's be honest, nobody's separating. And I'll tell you what, I, one of the theories I, I floated out there was why this offense, why these receivers can't get separation. In the past, they say now, you know, somebody said, you know, in the past, if you let Rodgers hold the ball, he'd kill you. Now you let him hold the ball and he'll make a mistake. The difference is in the past, Aaron Rodgers would take off and run more, okay? And what would happen, and I know he's not doing it because he's trying to preserve his body, and I get it. Don't don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying he should be a run-happy, run-first guy. But when he would run out of the pocket and – He's, what it would do is it would start making the linebackers and some of the safeties cheat up because they thought he would run. It thought he'd be a more of a running threat. Now he only runs to escape and very rarely does he go upfield. Okay. Now those guys over the middle, they're holding tighter coverage because they're not expecting Rodgers to take off out of the pocket. So it's taken away one of those weapons and it's allowed them a little bit more blanket coverage. So, Again, I could be all wrong on it. It's just my theory, something that I feel like I've seen. But whatever it is, these guys have to find some separation. And Jared Cook's a guy that could do that in the middle. You know what I mean? And um, the the fact that he, he he's not there and he's not available,
0: eh, it's really hurt. And now you have like just real quick keys to the game, obviously containing Julio Jones if you can that high powered offense for the, the Falcons predictions for the game on Sunday. Well,
1: Tevin Campbell's not going to play. It looks like, so it's going to be just Freeman, a heavy workload for Freeman. Um, I think Atlanta wins this game. I think they win it 31 to 20, 31 to 20. I think they win by double digits, a little bit pulling away at the end. Um, I, I just think they're going to hit big plays. They're going to hit third and longs. Um, because the Packers are going to have a hard time covering. I think the key though for Atlanta, if they're going to be that team, if they're going to win by double digits, I think you're going to see a little bit more out of Muhammad Sanu, who's been quiet the last few weeks, because if the Packers game plan a little bit, and not that they do, because Tom Capers doesn't usually plan to take one guy out of the offense. I'm not, again, not saying it's bad. That's just his MO. But even if they do, then you need to have, if you're Atlanta, your other receivers are able to do something and, uh but I but I think Atlanta could win this one by ten or eleven points. If it it could be one of those games, much like the Dallas game, where it's close for a while, uh the offense is unable to punch it in, the defense gives up some big plays, and uh late in the fourth quarter Atlanta ices it and, and ends up winning by double digits.
0: Yeah. You know, interesting thing too. Yeah, I think Atlanta wins uh I'll say thirty four twenty four. Yeah, I'll say thirty four twenty four. Uh Interesting fact, like, you know, you have let's see, one, two, three, four, five next five games, only one game's a new game. So uh you have some you know, two three twenty-five outings. You have the noon against the Titans, and then you have Redskins and the Eagles currently at seven uh at seven thirty at night. So uh one on uh the Sunday night matchup against the Redskins, like you mentioned on the road, and then you have uh Monday night against the Eagles. So um, you know, they'll be in prime time, they'll be in uh some of the major uh, viewing times uh, for the NFL, so we'll see what the Packers are made of. Uh, you know, um, let's see, breaking down some more stuff. Uh, you know, before uh, we'll talk some World Series, and just uh, before we we end the show, we're gonna try to wrap this up, uh, but about the next 20 minutes. But you know, going on to college football, obviously, the, the big game this weekend underneath the lights of, of Camp Randall Stadium, once again. Wisconsin number 11 in both polls even after their 17-9 win at kinnick stadium against iowa i would say probably some points were lost with the fact that they didn't score more against iowa when they had opportunity but you also had the fact that uh you had teams like west virginia and baylor that are surging up in the up there uh so um i think that's where that came from so it's a combination of the the style points, if you will, even though Kinnick Stadium, if anyone's been there, those sidelines are so close. Uh, and, you know, maybe that, I'm not saying it contributed to Sitchi's injury at all, because Sitchi just goes, uh, Jack Sitchi goes full blast all the time. But uh, it's a very close sideline, and uh, they came away with a win in a hostile environment. Now they take on, again, another ranked team. Uh, number seven, Nebraska Cornhuskers, uh, and, and, you know, uh, I'll be down there uh, at, you know, 6 p.m. kickoff ESPN. Uh, Scotty, I mean, I've, in terms of uh, from what you've heard from Nebraska, a lot of people have talked about uh, they haven't beat anybody. But yet they're still undefeated. Uh, they've won when they've needed to. I mean, you know, the, maybe they're, the, the game that was the, the one that, that was the, the, the coming out party for Mike Riley after a really rough year last year where they lost so many rough game, uh, close games. Uh, against Oregon they're not as good, good as advertised as previous Oregon teams um you know is, is Nebraska would you say that they're they're overrated or I mean is it just one of those things where I mean is, is it I mean there's not many undefeated left so I mean and they've proved that they can win but you know it, it is it somewhere in the middle there
1: yeah they're a little overrated but that doesn't mean doesn't mean they're not good um they're better than Iowa, and Iowa, you know, kept the kept it a one-score game with the Badgers. Um, they may be better than the Badgers. I, honestly, I think they're pretty even. I think the Badgers are slightly better. Right? I think the Badgers have done a good job, you know, in big game situations. We didn't get a chance to talk after the Ohio State game. I wonder if that was by design. But um,
0: no, we
1: we didn't get a chance. to <laughs> We didn't get a chance to talk about that loss where I thought they had several chances to win that game and, and they just didn't get a couple plays here or there that they needed. Um, they proved that they belong. They proved that if they can get through the rest of the schedule and get back to the Big Ten Championship game, I, I don't know why anybody would feel that they don't have a shot to win if it's Ohio State or Michigan. You know That said, you know they've suffered some injuries. They've been able to overcome some of them. Now the Sitchi injury and another one that's yeah, boy, just tough. I mean, they're just one tough injury after another. There've been so many things that this team has had to to overcome, and so far, so good. There's a couple tests left on the schedule, and and one of them's going to surprise you. This is obviously one of them. You know, they get a chance to beat. They've been. We've been talking about that three. Can they can they beat their third top ten ranked team of of, of the year? I think they have a shot this time around. And then the other game that scares me, and, and I, I know you're gonna think I'm I know you're gonna laugh at this, but I, I'm
0: the Northwestern game scares me a little bit. Oh no, um, you don't have to I don't, you, know you don't what have it to is. say that Yeah, I mean I agree with you. I completely agree with you. Northwestern, they haven't won there, if I'm not mistaken, since nineteen ninety nine uh, or something like that. Uh right. Ryan Field it just it's not a great field to play on. It's a uh, and and but it's it's spelled disaster. Uh, the last time they played there, 2014, the Badgers had 150 some odd yards of offense. But, you know, they're, and gosh, Belvin Gordon ran for 200, 250 plus, uh, and they still lost. And, in, you know, ineffective quarterback play, Tanner McAvoy gets replaced by Jill Stavi, who's just coming over his mental block uh, and, and was rusty through three interceptions, one that was critical in the mm-hmm. red zone. Uh, And so it's a very, yeah, it's a daunting task. Uh, And, and, you know, I think that's the key. And Northwestern's playing well. You know, they they are playing well right now. So uh, I agree. No, it's nothing to be, there's nothing to say that you're crazy about. You're absolutely right. And it's been talked about too on uh, other uh, media stations, on other radio stations around, uh, especially today. I mean, Northwestern's three and one. They are four and three overall uh, and two and three at home. But obviously, the intangibles there and, and trying to, you know, lift that, whatever it is, curse, uh, BS, whatever it is, just a string of bad luck and, and, and bad play in Evanston. They need to circumcise they're not circumcise. No, that's bad. Exercise. Uh, that, <laughs> well, uh you yeah, know, I, demons there. Yes. It, yes. Not yeah, a boring no. slip. It's been a long day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I hear you. No, you're right. But can they win this week? Sure. They can, uh, you know, they got to, Play solid, they don't have to play perfect football, I don't think, but they have to play good football, and I think if they play good football lem- I know this is you know the standard coach limit the turnovers, but limit the turnovers. I think they beat Nebraska. Um, I think this team really they control their own destiny as far as getting a shot at the big Ten championship um, they, they really yeah. do I mean I know you know they've got the two losses, but I think Nebraska's going to lose another one down the road they got to beat Nebraska. You know, if they don't beat Nebraska, that Nebraska's basically going to have a three game lead on them in the division, and there's really no chance. So, in, as far as the Badgers go, they have to look at this as a, as a in some semblance of a division championship game. Because even though they won't move into in first place with a win, they, their hopes will pretty much be over and done with as far as getting a shot to win this this side of the conference if they don't win this game they need to look at it a little bit more like a playoff game. And maybe that's how you can, another way you can kind of catch them napping, um, not napping, that's a bad word because they're going to be ready for Nebraska too. But Nebraska doesn't have necessarily as much to play for as the Badgers do because again, a loss for the Badgers and yeah, they're going to get a nice bowl, but they won't be uh, playing for a big 10 title.
0: Yeah. You hit on the head. They have to win out. They absolutely have to win out. Uh, Nebraska does need to lose. They do take on, Ohio State on the road. They take on Iowa on the road. So you have that opportunity there. Yeah, they're going to lose again. They're going to lose. Yeah, there's a, there's a really good opportunity, especially with Ohio State now losing uh, in Happy Valley to Penn State, uh, and a shocker for that matter. And it's a, uh, you know, which really puts the Big Ten East division into an interesting uh, standing. But, uh, you know, back to, you know, we mentioned with just some of the keys to this game you know they have to stop the run you know Wisconsin is ranked uh in you know um, top 10 in in rush defense uh and you know they held a, a team uh what was it 180 yards per game on the ground to 83 last week and that's without Olive Sagopolo, their de- sophomore nose tackle 340 pounds and you had Connor Sheehy Garrett Rand, Garrett Rand's a true freshman. Really stepped in. They, they played very well. Uh, and Paul Chris's complimentary when when asked about that on Monday. But heading into this game now against the uh, you know the Huskers, you know the it's it's insane. Like it's it's a very you know it's a very good offense for the Huskers. I mean I'm just looking right now at their I mean their total offense right now. They are third in the conference. They average over 447 yards per game. You're looking at let me take a look at some rush offense. They uh, averaged 211 yards on the ground, and uh, they average 236 the year. So it's balanced, and that, that goes to the arm of Tommy Armstrong. That's been without Jordan Westerkamp, the, their standout wide receiver, who's bound to come back now uh, this week. So, uh, I mean, the key, I think, always starts with the run. If they can stop that run and they can stop uh, what, what goes on there with Armstrong uh, and their new, new, uh, running back, Newville they have the uh, ability to really uh, make an impact and, and force Armstrong to pass. I think with that, I think, you know, we'll see how, you know, if they, if Beagle and Watt and, and the other linebackers and defenders for that matter can make, can contain Armstrong because you can't, like they can't be, do what they did against JT Barrett. And and they had Barrett dead to rights in a, a couple of plays and, and just, they had him, but, you know, he was elusive and credit to JT Berry. He's a great quarterback, but it's a, you know, they have to contain Armstrong and uh, that running game. And I think from there uh, success will come. And just with, you know, uh, I mean, let me ask you too, Scotty, like from what you saw in the, the, you know, there weren't many points. In, there weren't that many points in that game uh, against uh, Iowa or, you know, with 17 points, right? What, are you, are you seeing some promise with that offense in your opinion from what, you, what you've seen in terms of I mean they're racking up yards. It's just they, they can't uh, I've mentioned this before where they're, they're pushed up against the wall, but you know they're putting their opponents up against the uh, you know the corner and the ropes, right? Like Michigan, they, they pushed up against there. they pushed the Buckeyes, you know they had a, they had a lead a couple weeks back, uh, but they're just not landing that knockout blow. And so, you know, like, are you seeing the signs? Like, you know, especially last week against Iowa, they're wrecking up those yardage. Is it just the fact that they can't, right now, put the points on the board?
1: I'm still, still really fearful about uh, their their kicking game. Uh, you know, they they missed the field goal against Iowa. It ended up not hurting them. They won the game. Um, you know. Uh, so yeah, they they need to punch it. I, I guess my point is, what will alleviate my fear of the kicking game is for them to punch it in the end zone a little bit more often. Um, then I won't uh, I won't feel as, as anxious every time they're in the red zone and field goal range and, and they have to rely on their, and the kicker. So, um, but it, but yeah, I, I I think you know to get to the to the root of this, I think the Badgers win this game. Um, you know i think it's close you know i think you know 27 24 you know but i think they get the win and uh you know we talked about the schedule if they win out again i see more i see at least one more loss for nebraska so if the badgers win out they they've got a shot this is where it all starts and and it, it, it's been a tough schedule boy if they could have just gotten one of those they could have got michigan or ohio state you know, any one of those, they'd be sitting, you know, near the top five, maybe number six in the country, but you know what, it doesn't matter in the end. If they win out, you know, they can still uh, still do something special this year. I think they win this game. I think they win by a field
0: goal. Yeah, I'll say 24-14, I think the the defense still responds, even without Cicci, who, you know, Vince Beagle referred to as the energy of the team, right? And uh, I think I think they rebound nicely. I think It'll be obviously a close game for a good part of it. So we'll see. Uh, I, I mean, I think Nebraska comes in, and a lot of people are, you know, feel it, you know, they're not up to par. And, and yeah, against Purdue that first half last week, they were not. But then they came back in that second half, held Purdue, if not mistaken, to under 100 yards uh, and also no scores. So uh, this, you know, I think Nebraska is uh, legit. Uh, but we'll see how legit they are, uh, you know, on the road, especially this week and then next week at Ohio State and then later on this season. So I'll say 24-14, I think Wisconsin is just – they know that they can, they have to win out. I think the there's a lot of respect there for Nebraska. Uh, but I think the offense continues its progression. I think the running game was a solid sign. Uh, it's been a solid sign the past couple of weeks. If they get that offensive line, just the rotation down a little bit more and a little, in my opinion, uh, just – getting them co- more coalesced. Uh, I think big things will come with this offense, and uh, I think they they do win uh, and, and bring back that Freedom Trophy. Uh, but, you know, they retain it here in Madison. So um, going real quick, let's uh, we got a couple more minutes left. Scotty, talk some World Series 1-1 uh, Cleveland, and, you know, you have Cleveland, you have uh, Chicago. Uh, crazy yeah. World Series matchup. Uh, You have uh, Rookie Wild Thing Vaughn, and you have uh, the kid from Rookie of the Year. Uh, Who do you got in this series?
1: You know, I still think it's going to be the Cubs. Uh, You know, I've tried to not be a hater. Um, I have a lot of friends who are Cubs fans, and I really want them to enjoy this moment and enjoy this time frame, this window, uh, especially while the Brewers are down and not contenders anyway, so, you know, fine enough. But, boy, the sense of entitlement that's coming out of some of these jack wagons in Chicago is just amazing. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yikes. I mean, I'm trying so hard, man. Like, I really am. I think Chicago still wins this thing. I think they win it. You know, I, I personally, I think they win it in six, but I'm going to say they win it in seven. Uh, they're the better team. And I know, listen, trust me, I know more than anybody, the better team doesn't always win in, in the playoffs. Um, but this team is equipped, you know, they're managed well. They've got a good head on their shoulders. Uh, they're 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 good in so many ways. they can hit, and they can pitch. They got a good back of their bullpen. That said, they also have a very uh, very good fielding team. If you look at some of the advanced metrics for fielding, they just do everything right. And it's it's hard to win sometimes if you're the best team, even if you do three out of four four out of five things right. Uh, but it's tough to beat a team that does just about everything right. And they do. You know, they've got, especially for a playoff series, you know, you could say, well, they're fifth starter. They don't need five starters in a playoff. So they're equipped very well for a championship run. And what's funny is, while many people thought they were going to be good this year, they're actually just trying to get to the playoffs this year and then build in the offseason and try to get better for a World Series championship next year. They're, 11, I think they're a year ahead of the curve the young players have been amazing. We talk about it all the time. We talked about you know Russell and and uh, Bryant and Rizzo and and uh, Contreras and, and now they've got Schwarber back just as a DH still, but they got Schwarber back for the series. This is a good young team that's going to be good for get used to it. Good for a long time. That said, I, again, I think this series is set up from now. Do I do I rule out Cleveland? No, I think Cleveland has to come home with the lead, though. I think they have to figure out a way to take two out of three from Chicago, and that's tough in Chicago. If they can come back with the lead, I think, they'll they can win one of those last two and pull the upset. But if they don't come back to Cleveland up in the series, um, if they come back down 3-2, it, it's over, Uh and, again, it, it wouldn't surprise me if the Cubs swept them in Chicago. I, I think Cleveland's a better team than people give them credit. So don't don't misunderstand. It's not about Cleveland being terrible. But, man, the pressure. Did you see any of the World Series? Like game one was a good game. Game two was a great game, too. But here's why game two was great. So the Cubs, when they they had a, two runs in the first three innings only, but they had worked the pitch count up uh, for Bauer to, like, 90 pitches through three in the third innings. They just put so much pressure you know they work the count, they get on base, they, they they draw a lot of walks. They 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 they're always under pressure. And a pitcher, a starting pitcher in the stretch uh, with runners in scoring position, it's a whole different ball game for most guys, unless you're one of those very special you know three percent leaders. Um, and that's what they do. That's what the Cubs do. They put pressure on pitchers, uh, and they're they're tough to beat. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for Cleveland to do it. Um no matter who wins, it's going to be a world championship uh, more than uh, more than 60-plus years in the making for Cleveland and obviously over 100 for the Cubs. So two long droughts. I mean, it's a good story no matter what. Obviously, the national media, the story is better if the Cubs win it. But even if Cleveland wins it, it's a great story just because of, again, the, the drought both of these teams has, has had to deal with. But so far, two games in the books. Uh, It's been a good series. The ratings have been up. I know that's been helped by the Cubs being in it, Um, and I'd like it to go seven, just because it makes for a more compelling series. But again, I think I think the Cubs can win this thing in six.
0: Yeah, no, I think I think Cubs. I I think I'll say Cubs in seven. I think Indians, uh, the the Cleveland, will make it. uh, They'll make it a battle. I think it'd be obviously it'd be great for Cubs fans, uh, you know. But uh, Cleveland could you know continue its resurgence in the city with uh having the um uh, you know having the Cavs win the NBA championship and then having the you know their their baseball team take it home as well so oh yeah um, and then the Browns a, oh oh, wait, never oh no yeah. <laughs> uh so so sorry Joe Thomas and Joe Schobert and Darius Hillary uh for that uh but uh but yeah so uh on that note uh not much else is on any other quick hitters you have before we take off brother
1: uh, no, no. I, it's going to be a good football weekend. I'm hoping for better results than I'm predicting for the Packers. I think the Badger game is going to be fun. It's going to be uh, another special one at, at night. Um, so good football. But unfortunately, here's a quick one. You want a quick hitter? I'll give you a quick hitter. Yeah. I will not be able to attend or to watch the Badger game this week. Why is that? Well, you may not know this, and I, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but I'm going to anyway. Um, Our good friend Lane is getting married. What? Yeah, getting married. And the short notice of it was, so this is how I found out. In a group, Ross Family group text, there was a text saying, hey, get married at the end of the month. Will you guys stand up? Everybody kind of thought it was a joke. And then it turned into like a typical group post where people were just kind of making fun of each other and posting memes, okay? Okay. So right. I get a call from from Vic saying, hey, how, you know, last week, a week, a, a week ago today, how come he never responded to Lane about standing up to his wedding? It's it's a very small affair. It's immediate family and uh, the groomsmen. So, but, yeah, so out of the blue, I went from planning trick-or-treating around the Badger game because trick-or-treating by our house is from 4 to 7 to uh, I figured I'd get two hours of trick-or-treating and with Ryder and then be ready for the badger game to attending
0: a wedding now.
1: So uh, there'll we'll be tell, there'll be no badgers for me, so
0: Well I will uh yeah, tell him congrats for me. I just messaged him on Facebook saying congratulations uh as well. So hopefully uh, all is well on uh, you know and the the day is memorable uh for all the right reasons and uh and, and just uh you know we love him and I haven't had a chance to talk with Lane in, in years but uh but, no, that's awesome. So, um, But, yeah, and then, to, you know, just a quick FYI for people, too. On Saturday, book signing, University Bookstore, State Street, 11 to 1 p.m. Danell Thompson, we're still hoping to, con- you know, he said he's, he's good for it. We're just making sure it's confirmed. But we hope to have the former middle linebacker, the two-time team captain for the Rose Bowl, uh, the back-to-back Rose Bowl squads. In 1998, 1999, hope to have him down there. Maybe a couple others. Uh, we're, just, we're still working to confirm that. So, yeah, no, it's a, a busy weekend for both of us. Uh, and thank you guys again that came out. Uh, you know, For those at the Mendota Gridiron Club that are members, appreciate you guys taking some time, listening to uh, my pitch on why the book is awesome and also the, everyone that came down to the university bookstore at Hilldale last night, uh, Joel, myself, Zach Hampton too. Big thanks to the former walk on there for having some fun. Uh, we had a lot, really good time talking with him, uh, and a lot of good stories. So, uh, afterwards, and, uh, it's a very fortunate, uh, you know, very fortunate to, to have this book out. And for the, those that came out, the, you know, we were signing, you know, 45 minutes straight and, and had a couple of people at the end to come up. So, uh, Please come out on Saturday. You won't be disappointed. It's game day. Uh, you can put your book back into your car and then head down to pregame the rest of the time. But really, it's awesome. Uh, thank you guys again. So it's a, uh, yeah, and that's what I've been doing. And just big thanks to all the, the media guys that uh, allowed us to, to talk about the book and pitch it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, our friend Phil Dawson, by the way, Scotty uh, got me to talk about my uh, old indie wrestling career. Uh, which uh, apparently, like, talking to people, uh, yes, last night, uh, apparently it was a big hit. So maybe maybe that's a return to the ring that uh, will never happen. But who knows?
1: Yeah, who knows? Who knows what will, what will come from all of this? Um, yeah, actually, uh, it was funny because there was some talk about, speaking about Lane again, he almost went down to your book signing. Um, I don't know what. I I don't know if, what would have happened because I know the rest of the Ross family would have been in tow. So, you know, you're throwing the <laughs> dice when that happened. But um, but yeah, good stuff. I I, I also uh, I I saw some of the other posts. Uh, were you on with with Jason Wildey and and Mark Tauscher? Yeah, was that?
0: Yes, yeah, so, yeah. sat right next to Jason Wildey and uh, sat next to him. Tauscher right across from me, uh, and, and Joel was a uh, that you know kitty corner from me, and it was great. Uh, and yeah, it was a really nice talk, and, and we had the ability to, um, you know, pub the book and just talk about it and uh, gave Jason a copy. And, uh, you know, and I texted him afterwards, uh, and I said to him, like, hey, you know, like, uh, you know, I forgot to mention, you know, Scott Wisniewski, Polish Rifle, you know, we do a podcast, and his, immense tech, his text back was, Kielbasa Kings? Uh, and so uh, hopefully we can get him on the show one of these days. So uh, we'll see how that goes. I'd love, in love to have Jason on. Jason's
1: a great guy. I mean, honestly, he really one is. of the truly nicest guys I've ever had a chance to meet. Not just nicest guys at broadcasting. Like, legit, nice guy, smart. He's great. I, I can't say enough things about enough good things about Jason. That would be fun. I, I, I know he's a busy guy, but, you know, I'd love to get him on if, if he ever had an opportunity.
0: Absolutely. So no, we'll, we'll talk about that down the road. Uh, but yeah, so no, it was great talking to him. Uh, and you know, Tony Cartagena uh, and, uh, Craig Scalzo were great too. Like that was kind of just out of the blue. Honestly, it was one of those things where we were on Wildy and Tosh said, Hey, thanks so much. And then Tony looked at me and said, well, you guys want to go on from like 11:10 on? I said, sure. And so we just, we literally sat, had a, a great 20 minute discussion on air uh, between all of us it was just so much you know, it was really nice uh to talk with them and you know really big thanks to you know Ebo and the guys uh on uh on Monday Ebo and Joe and a a big thanks to uh uh you know Mike Heller, Drew Olson, and, and John Adius uh on, on Tuesday afternoon and uh Lucas and Dawson you know Mike Lucas Phil Dawson shout out to him for help you know helping uh get get me on the air and talking some wrestling and uh, that was so much fun. So we had a really good time. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, and, and, you know, like I said, uh, that, after that Wednesday show, uh, you know, people were at the Gridiron Club going up to me and saying, "Oh, oh, you're the guy that the wrestling guy." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm the wrestling guy." And I tried to, I tried I promise you, Scotty, with this that I was like, "Yeah, I wasn't that." I tried to keep saying I wasn't that good, and you know, I, I was on and off and you know whatnot. But uh, so hopefully, it, nothing seemed misconstrued from my pro wrestling days that, you know, but, uh, as Mike Lucas had noted, like, well, you don't really look like a wrestler. I go, neither did I when I actually wrestled in terms of, uh, not being the 240 pound guy that, uh, many imagine a Polish American grappler to be. So, um, but yeah, so, but no, I'm happy to get back on doing this. Sorry about missing last week and, uh, looking forward to doing again next week, brother.
1: Hey, have you checked to see if your hits on YouTube have gone up from any of your old matches? Maybe you're getting a, Maybe getting a rub that way as
0: well, no, oh heavens, that, yeah, I actually didn't give out my name, which uh they didn't ask for, so um hoping not, uh just <laughs> uh though I mean, I did enjoy doing the fusion uh pro wrestling videos back in the day, uh, doing the highlight tapes, so um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so yeah, but no, other than that, folks, uh, thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Kilbasa Kings WI. uh, You know, follow Scotty at scottwiznusk 2 Me at b 5 q and of course B5Q, uh, the home for all Wisconsin Badgers news, notes, and discussion. And you know, I'll be at the game, so will Owen Reese. We're going to be covering it. Check out there. Also, check out uh, Kurt Hogue. will be. Uh, we're hoping to get him. Make sure he's credentialed. He's going to cover our basketball team. Former MLB.com. Uh, associate writer reporter uh and now back at b5q uh enjoying him uh being back in a fold uh and whatnot too so yeah man this is a uh, we're back in full strength, spring yeah uh, back back uh, in you know just uh full go and now uh you know you have football now you have college basketball starting up and just so much going on
1: absolutely absolutely it should be uh should be interesting again uh, hoping for a great safe weekend for those of you with kids that are going out trick-or-treating especially if there's night trick-or-treating um reflective clothing just if it's cold make sure they're warm keep them safe have a good time For those of you older people who still think halloween's a drinking celebration be safe as well um and uh well halloween is i, I know i'm quite a bit older than you but when I was at college, Halloween wasn't a thing. I mean, it was, but it wasn't. Then the advent of the trashily, scantily dressed nurses, scantily dressed everything else popped up, and Halloween has just become a billion-dollar business. Hey, by the way, I got something to plug too. If anybody is looking around, I will be on "What's the Score" the podcast uh, again this weekend. It taping it Sunday. It'll air on Halloween night. So if you're looking for fun, it's my second appearance. Last time I won the quiz show, it's kind of a interactive quiz show. I'm looking for going for two for two. So make sure you find it. I'll post some links on Facebook and on our our site for you to listen in. It's a fun time. Baxter Colburn does a great job. Honestly, it's a fun show. You won't be disappointed. Fast moving. It'll be the fastest hour of your life. And uh, you can see if I'm able to hold my own and uh, perhaps get my second win in my second appearance.
0: Excellent. Well, good luck to you, brother. We'll be looking forward to talking about it. Yeah, we'll, we'll catch up on that for sure. And uh, we'll talk like said, next week. We'll talk Badgers, Wildcats. We'll talk Packers, uh you know uh packers and oh shoot who are they facing the week after that i already forgot uh long week and uh we'll, we'll preview the packers next matchup uh and so much more uh here on the Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza brought to you by Bucky's fifth quarter for the Polish rifle Scott wiznowski this is jay kokarowski Doze, uh doze, oh gosh it has been a long week dożebacenia my friends Accordion Solo American Folka, played by Mr. John J. Kimball, Edison Records. <laughs>